0: welcome everybody this is worst take the san francisco 49ers edition and this is matt keimer and today we have a 49ers writer nick newman with us nick you want to introduce yourself
1: Hey Matt, yeah, thank you for having me on the pod. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I'm Nick Newman. I'm with 49er Sports Illustrated and 49er Web Zone. I started writing for 49er, uh, all 49er Sports Illustrated uh, this past March. I've been producing content for the last three months, producing about three or four articles a week for Sports Illustrated. I started writing for 49er Web Zone this past month. I'm producing an article or two a week for them. Um, I'm a lifelong 49er fan. I come from a family of 49 ers season ticket holders my grandpa had season tickets since the team's inaugural season in 1946 my dad had season tickets uh, Since 1980, you know, so I've been a 49er fan my whole life since I could since I was born basically, you know So I'm excited for the opportunities that I've had coming up um, Just being able to cover the 49ers right provide content, you know, so again, thanks for having me on that. I appreciate it
0: Yeah, absolutely so I came across Nick maybe about a month ago when I started really hitting Twitter hard and really looking out and finding writers. Um, if you haven't read any of Nick's stuff, definitely check it out. Um, one thing in particular got me interested in Nick a while back, and it was him talking about the value of D Ford. So for today's episode, we're going to be kind of talking about that. Um, if you don't know much about D Ford, he is incredibly valuable to the Niners pass rush. So, if you look at his stats real, real briefly, it, it's not going to wow you. Only mm-hmm. 10 solo tackles, 6.5 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, and he only played 10 games. So, it doesn't really stand out. But the thing that really stands out to me is how much he impacts the other players, and specifically Nick Bosa. Because when D Ford and Nick Bosa are both on the field, they dominate. Um, the pressure rate when D Ford was on the field... Was 32% without him on the field, 24.8%. So, pretty big drop, about 8%. And even, even a, a much bigger um, impact was on the sack rate. So through week through week 12, that was the Packers game. D. Ford was on the field for the most of the time, and mostly on third down. And his sack and the team sack rate was 13.5%. For the rest of the regular season. The sack rate was two point seven percent without D Ford, um, and Nick's Nick's hit on these numbers before in his articles, but it is really really crazy how much D Ford impacts that that D line.
1: Absolutely, no, I hundred percent agree. Like D Ford, you know. When we're talking about him, he's complimenting other players, right? He's a kind of a complimentary piece. and In my opinion, he helps unlock the defense because if you look at the splits with him on and off the field, so those games that he was active, um, when I talk about d Ford missing time, I also include the Saints game because I believe he played four snaps in that game. So he was pretty much off the field. You know, I believe that was the week 14 matchup, you know, and prior to that, um, he got hurt the week before. Tried to come back against the Saints game. Didn't play that entire. Um, he played the first couple snaps, like I said. But if you look at the splits with D Ford on the field, you're giving up 16 and a half points per game. You know that's near the top as far as points per game goes allowed on defense. And then without D Ford, when he's off the field, the 49ers are giving up nearly 26 points a game. So there is a like uh, almost a 10 point difference as far as points per game allowed with D Ford on versus him off the field. And if you look at the um, passing game on the defensive side of the ball. You're giving up 163, nearly 163 passing yards per game with D Ford on the field, and then again that number goes up to almost 214 passing yards per game. So is that 40-50 yard difference with D Ford off the field? So the way that I see it is that without D Ford, the pass rush. Takes a step back, and then inevitably the secondary takes a step back because the longer it takes to get to the quarterback, the longer you have to cover receivers, and the longer you have to cover receivers, the less likely you are to be able to cover them. You know what I'm saying? So, D Ford um, is just a huge X factor, in my opinion. I think that's the best way to describe D Ford is that he's the X factor of the defense, is that when D Ford is there to be Nick Bosa's sidekick, it just completely unlocks the defense because those are the two guys. That keep the defense running. They make every single person behind them better, right? And if you look at Nick Bosa in particular, he had two sacks, two sacks without D. Ford, you know, and then with D. Ford, he had 11 sacks. He was averaging almost a sack per game with D. Ford. And like I said, when when D. Ford was off the field, Nick Bosa defenses can just hone in on him. They're double teaming him. There, there's not that other sidekick there. Um, which is why D Ford's so important. And another argument that I have, because if you look at D Ford, yes, he has an injury history, which in my opinion, you know, because he has that ongoing, those ongoing knee issues, the knee tendonitis. Um, but if you look, he's been relatively healthy throughout his career. So in 2014, he played in 16 games his rookie year. Then in 2015, he only missed two games to injury. 2016, he only missed one game. So in his first three years in the league, he only missed three games. And what is that? 48 games. So out of 48 games, he played in 45 of them. And then 2017, he missed 10 games, which is the most amount of games he missed throughout his career, was healthy through all of 2018, had that huge season with the Chiefs, which is why the 49ers wanted to trade for him in the first place. You know, I believe he was either led the league or was near the top, top five in the league in sacks. Um, And then 2019, of course, he missed five games last year with the Niners. So if D Ford's able to play a whole 16-game season or even 14 to 16 games, if he's somewhere in that ballpark, um, I believe he's worth his contract. You know, he's getting paid just outside the top ten as far as defensive linemen go. You got guys like DeForest Buckner's now making more money than D. Ford. And you have Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, Cameron Jordan, uh, Trey Flowers, Frank Clark, Demarcus Lawrence, Khalil Mack, Von Miller. You know, so you are paying D. Ford a premium, but it's because he's a above-average pass rusher. You know, yeah. So, yep.
0: I think. I think a lot of people have a problem paying D four so much money, because he's basically a rotational piece, because mm-hmm. he only comes in when it's okay time to rush the passer. But he is so good at it, and he might be he might be a one trick pony with his speed rushing, but he's the best at it. He is probably the best speed rusher in the game right now, and a lot of people would argue that. To them, I'd say you're you're probably wrong because D four doesn't really do anything else, and he's getting tons of sacks. I think on the Chiefs he had like twelve or thirteen um, in twenty eighteen, yeah, a- and and he was huge for that defense because you get, and he. The other thing he does is he forces quite a few fumbles because he's there quick. The quarterback, yep. th- it's too quick. The quarterback hasn't even recognized that he's that he's in the backfield with them. Um, and we talked about how much how important he is for the Niners. Uh, you're talking about the contract, and so this is where I have some issues because I think that I think that he's great, but the contract is a little scary. He has, because of the injury, so he has, this will be his second year on the Niners. He originally signed a five-year, $85 million deal. However, there's a potential out this year. It could be a two-year, $35 million contract with only $4.8 in dead cap. And that's pretty good. You know, I mean, you get what you want out of him. But they have a lot of guys that they're going to have to sign. They have George yep. Kittle. They have a number of guys. Um, real quick, let me get into these guys because it it gets a little scary because the niner future is a little bit murky going forward. You got Trent Williams, Richard Sherman, Jaquasky Tart, Kyle Uschek, even the kicker Robbie Gold, Quan Williams. You have Kendrick Bourne and Trent Taylor, if one of those guys emerges as their number 3 receiver, you have Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Witherspoon. So you have four cornerbacks, the top four guys on yep. the depth chart. Ronald Blair, DJ Jones, important pieces on the Important reserve defensive lineman. Um, I already mentioned George Kittle, and we thought that might be like a I thought that might be like a fifteen million dollar contract. Now it's looking a lot more like it's going to be seventeen to twenty, with almost all of it guaranteed. Um, then you have three running backs that are gonna be free agents next year. So, yep. so Nick, what's your kind of thought on what they should do with, with his contract? And I'll, so, I'll get into like what I think afterwards, but I wanna hear what you gotta say. Yep.
1: So this is what I think. When you're talking about D. Ford and his contract, if you look at the secondary, it's the same secondary the team trotted out there in 2018. So what? where was the difference in play that where the secondary suddenly became the best in football, statistically speaking, as far as passing yards allowed per game? It's because of the pass rush. It's because of D. Ford, and my question is: If you don't bring back D. Ford, who's going to be there to help Nick Bosa? Now, if Javon Kinlaw comes in and has a phenomenal rookie season, he's establishing himself right off the bat as being a above-average interior pass rusher in the NFL. Then that makes D. Ford a little bit more uh, expendable, in my opinion. Whereas you have Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead. Let's not forget, he had one year, one good year one good year from eric armstead and they gave him all that money he's making as much money as d ford i believe like if you look at their contracts i was just on spot track earlier i believe that um as far as averages taking their salaries on a year-by-year basis it averages out to about 17 million for ford 17 million for um, armstead and armstead's just not that kind of game-changing pass rusher where i think armstead's the one that's overpaid not d ford so when um When looking at the team as a whole, it's like, if you don't bring back D. Ford, you need to have someone there to replace his speed off the edge, which is a huge concern of mine even going into this season because you have the injury issues, which is why I've been an advocate to bring in Marcus Golden. You know, that's a piece that I wrote about Marcus Golden you know, had a career year with a, Gi- he had double digit sacks twice, one time with the Arizona Cardinals a few years back this past year with the Giants had double digit sacks. He's a speed rusher off the edge that I think would be a great insurance policy to D Ford, because if Ford gets hurt, you're going to experience the same splits. There's no reason to believe that the 49ers wouldn't experience similar splits as they did last year with D Ford on and off the field. You know, I know when D Ford was hurt, there was also like Joukowsky Tart was out. And then you had um, Ronald Blair out, DJ Jones was out. But, you know, those guys were all around. They weren't the ones that were making the the game-changing impact like we saw from D4 right off the bat, like the Buccaneers game. You're talking about strip sacks. I'm pretty sure his first sack as a 49er was a strip sack on Jameis Winston, you know? So my question is when talking about if you're going to release D Ford and you're going to save that money and maybe give it to Kittle, like who's going to come in and who's going to replace D Ford? Because you need to have that sidekick there. Like we've seen it, Nick Bosa, as great as he is, I think Nick Bosa has the potential to be the defensive player of the year without a doubt. I mean, he already was defensive rookie of the year. I think he has defensive player of the year potential, but he can't do everything on his own. He, like, he could still like, Push the pocket, he can apply pressure, he can hit the quarterback, but he has a hard time finishing without D Ford. And the numbers speak for himself. He had two sacks, he had a sack every three games without D Ford on the field. You know, it's just that much tougher for him to finish without D Ford. And Eric Armstead has not consistently shown that he could be a pass rusher. I think he was a huge beneficiary of D Ford and DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa. He was the one that was drawing the least amount of attention. So Eric Armstead was there to clean up a lot right and then so i can't rely on eric armstead to be a a double digit sack guy long term we don't know about javon kinlaw d ford and the market for edge rushers is going to continue to keep going higher and higher and higher it's one of the most important things you it is the most important thing you can do on defense is get after opposing quarterbacks so i think that if d ford proves he can stay healthy give me 14 games 13 games in the regular season be healthy in the playoffs to me that's worth. The 18 million that you're going to be paying him in 2022, or I'm looking at his numbers right now. So 2021, he's getting paid 17.6 million. I believe right now he's somewhere around there, maybe 16. Um, But I think he's worth that because the pass rush is what has completely transformed this defense and it's what drives the entire team. So D. Ford is worth that. If he can stay healthy for an entire season, like we've seen in 2018, you have a double digit sack guy right there in addition to Nick Bosa, in addition to Javon Kinlaw, in addition to Eric Armstead, Ronald Blair, DJ Jones, so I'm um, I'm an advocate for keeping D Ford around. But again, you have that out, which is a huge luxury because if he shows again that he's an injury risk, that he can't do it, because his percentage last year, like what he ended up playing, like around 22 percent of the defensive snaps over the course of the entire season, you know. So you're like you're talking about a rotational piece, a guy that only. Rushes the pastor is a steep price. But just because I think that he makes all the guys behind him so much better. So again, you're talking about Richard Sherman's a free agent, Kawan Williams is a free agent, Akilo Witherspoon's a free agent. Those guys, in my opinion, are more replaceable than D Ford because D Ford makes them better at their job. You don't find quarterback cornerbacks typically who make edge rushers better because they're you know, they're defending receivers, covering them for four or five seconds, allowing the pass rush to get home. That happens once in a blue moon, right? You get those coverage sacks. D. Ford makes guys behind him better, which is why they're more replaceable, in my opinion, than D. Ford. And you have Emmanuel Mosley, who I believe is either a restricted free agent or exclusive rights free agent. So the 49ers shouldn't have that uh, that many obstacles uh, retaining his contract next year and bringing him back. So um Jaquaski Tart's also a free agent too yeah. so like I said D Ford if I have to prioritize um then of course though you you have to look in at um cheaper options if you're you can't negotiate that Kittle contract because D Ford's getting too much money so if something like that comes down to it then of course that's something you got to look into finding the alternatives but it doesn't appear like it and you're going to be figuring the 49ers are going to be drafting in the late 20s in the 30s you know they have that potential to win the super bowl and have that 32nd pick in the draft so it's like where are you going to find that elite pass rusher that d ford is i think that's around the range that d ford was drafted in i think he was a late first round pick with the chiefs uh back in 2014 but still it's just who is going to come in and replace D Ford if you move on from him because it'll completely change the defense if the pass rush can't get home. So Javon Kinlaw's rookie year really depends on that and just providing that confidence that he can be a solid interior pass rusher with Nick Bosa and with Eric Armstead. You know. But like you've been talking about, Ronald Blair's a free agent, so a lot can change. So what are your thoughts on that, Matt?
0: Um, so my big thing is, and you hit on this really well, The pass rush is how this team wins. You look at some games against the Browns, against the Rams, both playoff games against the Packers and the Vikings. They're waving the white flag in in the second quarter because there's Mm -hmm. no way that their quarterbacks are able to make plays. Rodgers has to get the ball out so quick over and over. And and, and Aaron Rodgers, who's an all-time great, is getting dominated by the pass rush. You look at teams like the Giants when they beat the Patriots in both Super Bowls. Those teams had mean pass rushes, and you could not stop them. You brought up how the cornerbacks and the secondary is a lot more replaceable. I completely agree. You can you can let Kwaski walk, and then draft a strong safety, draft a box safety in the second, third, even maybe even the end of the first round, and you can still keep that production. So my big thing is, and this is what makes the Niners so great. They're so flexible going into the next year that if D Ford plays four games and gets hurt, I hope he doesn't but they they're not, they can walk away from him. And that just shows how good this front office has been. I mm-hmm. hope that that, do, that does not happen. I hope that either they find a way to restructure his deal, they find a way to keep him and keep some of the other guys that are more important on this team. Um, but it's it, going into going the into next offseason, you might see a completely different 49ers team, which is scary yeah. because this team is so good. You have so much talent. But it's really going to come down to how healthy is D4. Because if he's on the yep. field they're going to dominate they're definitely going to dominate um and I like that you brought that up because pass rush is more important than anything maybe besides, outside a quarterback absolutely um, and this defense was completely revamped by adding D. Ford and adding Nick Bosa those were the two pieces and it completely changed everything else was the same from the year before
1: there, yes there really yep. wasn't
0: any different you added Quan but even even Quan is probably going to lose his job to Dre Greenlaw because no. Green lost just a great tackler so
1: exactly so again, like that second year, I guess you had um, you had the emergence of Emmanuel Mosley. You know, he when Kilo Witherspoon got hurt against the Steelers, and you had like Jason Verrett come in for that one quarter against. It got torched, got yeah. absolutely torched. I can't believe the Niners brought him back. Um, I thought they would definitely add draft a cornerback at some point in the draft. I believe they brought in an undrafted free agent or two at the position. Um, but you know, Emmanuel Mosley definitely came in and exceeded expectations last year. And like I said, that's one guy that you can retain his rights. But the, and then Kwan Williams, I love Kwan Williams. You know, he he's he's starting to build some hype. You know, he's starting to get recognized as being one of the best slot corners in the league. Um, But yeah, it's outside of that, though, really in a healthy Jimmy Ward, but it's pretty much the same secondary that you had in 2018. And all of a sudden, they're the number one pass defense in the NFL. And it's not because these guys took these tremendous steps forward, Um, although their their play was definitely noticeably better than the year before. But it's because of the pass rush, you know, and um, just talking about how this team can be drastically different and going into 2021 because of all the free agents, that's why I have been saying and advocating, this is a Super Bowl or bust year. You know, I'm 25 years old, I was born in May 95. I've never seen the 49ers win the Super Bowl in my lifetime, you know, I've seen, two super bowl losses a devastating nfc championship two of them you know i was at one at candlestick park you know when lawrence Tynes hit the game-winning field goal um and then of course we had to go through the ravens loss we had to go through the seahawks loss we had to go through the chiefs loss blowing that double digit lead it's like this is the year you know what's right in front of you If you you look at the team that's right in front of you, on paper this is a championship caliber team and there's very few things that can alter that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt, that's one thing that could throw this team off the path that they're on. You know, um, George Kittle getting hurt. D. Ford or Nick Bosa getting hurt. But outside of that, this team looks headed right in a Super Bowl contention. They're gonna be there all season long. They're gonna be the, the hunted. Teams are gonna be coming after them this year. Um, but if you look at two thousand and twenty one, there's simply no guarantees. If you look at all of the free agents and George Kittle, like we like, like George Kittle not coming back is a move that can just completely take away the momentum in my opinion that this team has going on because I'd argue more so than Jimmy Garoppolo George Kittle is the face of this franchise you know like there's just something about George Kittle that everybody loves and same with Jimmy G you know no disrespect to Jimmy G by saying that but George Kittle is just the guy of this franchise you know and he just represents what uh, he's who you want to represent this franchise you know and hopefully the 49ers can work something out with him but talking about like how you touched on how um the 49ers are so great at structuring this contracts. I feel like players are almost catching on to that and they know that there's all these outs where the 49ers can move on with very minimal penalty. You know what I mean? I think George Kittle and his agent are aware of that and knowing how uh kind of works and just trying to find all these different outs with contracts and just, you know, so I think that's why George Kittle if you look at what Eric Armstead's contract, George Kittle is more valuable in Eric Armstead. Yes, he plays the tight end position, but he's not your average tight end. He's a yeah. game changer. He is the team's wide receiver number one. He's their number one receiving target. You know, So I think George Kittle's worth that $18 million a year. And you, we're talking about Quan Alexander. You know, I think it's way more likely for him to get cut um, going into next season because he's owed a lot of money. Um, and you have the emergence of Dre Greenlaw. Fred Warner's turning into one of the best linebackers in the game. So I think he'll most certainly be gone last year. But like, I, like the, you just touched on too, in 2021, this team can look drastically different, which is why they must capitalize now.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think there's only a couple guys getting hurt that would have more of an impact than, than D Ford. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, I think those are the only two guys on offense you could argue Trent Williams, however, last season you saw two reserve tackles in, and they did just fine. I, yep. don't, know, I don't know how Kyle did it, but somehow he did. Um, on defense, probably Nick Bosa would be number one. And yep. then it's either D Ford or Richard Sherman. I think yep. it's really I 100% also. agree. And yep. I feel like a lot of people don't agree with that. Now, I do not want Richard Sherman hurt. I don't want Kello and Emmanuel Mosley running the cornerback group. But <laughs> exactly. that would be terrifying. But... But still, even if they are and you have D and you have a healthy defensive line, they gotta what cover for two seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, it makes their job that much easier for sure.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think I think this front office, I think the draft pick of Javon Kenlaw just shows how smart they are. They passed on CeeDee Lamb. And yep. I know Kyle said that Brandon Ayuk and CeeDee Lamb were like neck and neck. I have a feeling that he liked CeeDee a little bit more. He's obviously not gonna say that. But he knows that drafting Javon Kinlaw can be massive. And one thing that I kind of noticed and I've heard a lot about is that, in a way, Javon Kinlaw is a better scheme fit than Buckner. Now, he might not be as good rookie, or I I would not expect that at all. But as far as scheme fits go, you'd rather have a rookie that maybe he's 80% of Buckner, but he's a scheme fit, so he's going to play a little bit, you know, a little bit better than what he, or he's going to play to his maximum potential, where a guy like Buckner getting $20, $21 million, it's not worth it. And that just shows Um, and they did. They did uh, resign Armstead, and that's a big deal. And I, I think you were talking about that. Maybe that's the overpay. I would say that I think the trio of Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and D. Ford is perfect because D. Ford can sit on the bench, and Eric Armstead might be the best edge run defender in the NFL. Yep. I believe he was ranked like top three according to PFF, and some people agree with PFF, some people don't. Yep. But it shows that he's a dominant player there. Where you can say, all right, D, you wait on the bench, third down, you come in here and you get a sack, and you see him do that. Or he generates pressure, and then he has to step up, and then look, oh, there's Eric Armstead right there. Right to the massive reach of Eric Armstead, and last year it was Buckner, but this year we're going to have Kinlaw up there. So, it's going to be real interesting. I think that D Ford is one of the most important players, but if he's hurt, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to keep this contract going.
1: No, of course, yep.
0: And so that's where it's really interesting. I think, interesting. <laughs> I think there's a chance that next year, you know, come January, come February, whenever the 49ers season ends, ho- hopefully February. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it could be an obvious, an obvious time <clears throat> to move on from D4, which is scary because I think he's super valuable. And I hope that's not the case because that could spell some doom for the 49ers in the future if, yep. if D4 not the guy.
1: Yeah, no, of course, I the way I see it is just that it's hard for me seeing him getting cut, knowing what he brings on the table, if he is healthy for 13, 14 regular season games, if he plays a full season, great, as long as he's healthy for the playoffs, you know, and the only way I think that him getting cut becomes a serious reality is if, you know, he's missing serious time. If he plays a significantly low percentage of snaps like he did last season, and if his contract gets in the way of a George Kittle extension, like those are the kind of scenarios I could see unfolding where he does become a cap casualty, gets cut. But again, the question then becomes who are you bringing in to replace him? Because I think his price as an edge rusher is fair. You know, unless you have a guy on your rookie contract, D Ford is making what you're going to pay any pass rusher that has the pass rushing ability of D Ford. So. I think moving forward, it's a matter of health, and you know, if he stays healthy, the 49ers defense is going to be that number one defense again this year, and if he doesn't, you're going to see those same splits where they're giving up a lot more points, giving up a lot more passing yards per game, so D4 is the X-factor for this 49er defense.
0: Yeah, um, completely agree. I think, Nick, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. Once again, if you guys are listening on iTunes, give us a rate and a review. Um, and if you haven't checked out Nick's stuff, definitely go check it out. It's worth a read. Um, great writer, understands the importance of defensive line over the secondary, which I've been I've talked about I think in every single episode so far. Just because <laughs> to me it's so obvious, but some people are I don't know. Some people like secondary players. I guess they're more fun to watch. But I'd rather watch yep. the defensive line than go to town and just dominate. <laughs> um, once again, Nick, thanks so much for having you on, uh, and check out his stuff.
1: I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Hmm? Uh-huh.